Spring of Life Fellowship and its pastor, Joaquin G. Molina, invites you to listen to a message of restoration and strengthening for your life. Be a part of the vision, changing the world. Father, thank you for this day that you have made. Thank you that we find ourselves in the house of the Lord, worshiping the name that is above all name, giving our best to the most high God. Father, let this mind be in us that was in Jesus Christ, who humbled himself, sitting at the right throne of God. He came down here and took the form of a man and amongst men became a servant And Father, he obeyed and humbled himself to death and death on a cross. He was so humiliated, so rejected, so despised that because he humbled himself, you would raise him up and exalt him and give him the name above all names. That at that name, every knee in heaven, on earth, and under the earth will bow and every tongue is going to confess Jesus Christ as Lord. We give you thanks, O God, for this will be for your glory. We give you thanks for your word that is a lamp unto our feet. It's a good seed planted in good hearts that give forth good fruit, O God. Give us a passion for what moves your heart, O God. Give us a desire that you have given us life that we might lay it down, O God, and that we might serve our generation in the purpose of God. We pray, Father God, that the devil not use us as his puppets in a temporary glory of vain existence, O God, but that we might be used for your glory, which never fades. We give you thanks, Lord, for this day, and we ask that you open our hearts and open our minds to receive your word. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen, and amen. So we talk about mothers. Um, I I, I said that that this thing about... uh, celebrating mothers is a shadow and a type of things to come. Um, It's really powerful that every single person within the sound of my voice started their life in the womb. There's nobody here that did not start um, in an egg. You you didn't start in some other format. Uh, God could have put us in an egg like he did the crocodile, like he did the ostrich. Um, he put us in a womb, a place of protection. We've talked about this a lot. I, I had the opportunity in San Diego to speak to the pastor's wives. These, these women who represent large ministries upon the nation. Um, and sometimes the church gets a little bit contaminated with outside voices. If, if you're a woman of God, you're not being led by feministic women. The feminist women are women that don't understand God's calling for a woman. And they said, well, we want to own, we want to own the biggest banks. We want to lead the largest corporations. We want. So they, they have the heart's cry of everything, this world that doesn't have God. And sometimes it comes into the church. And some of those women were saying, well, why are the men the only ones that preach? And why are men are the only ones that lead the church? And we could lead the church. And one woman even got up and she says, I'm the pastor. And my husband is just my husband, but I lead the church. Um, And so all these things are happening because we don't have clarity. And and I believe a woman that knows the Lord. um, This is what it says uh, in Proverbs 31. It says that, that a woman is virtuous because she has excellence of wisdom. You weren't called to be a dummy. 
You weren't called to be a dodo bird. You were called to have the mind that God would give excellence of wisdom that in your wisdom, your family would benefit, but your husband would be known at the gates of the city as he sat amongst the leaders of the land. All that, the expression of a virtuous woman. The Bible says her children will be princes upon the earth. Why? Because she has something in her relationship with God that far surpasses in a, a ministerial office. Um, it, it would be horrible, and we've said it before, that your children will be lost because you would desire a position or a place. The example we have is Ruth Graham. If you don't know her, she's Billy Graham's wife. She, from a little girl, from the time she was a little girl, her parents were missionaries in China. And, and she wanted to be a Chinese missionary like her parents. But at a certain age, she got to the place where she says, Lord, this is what I want, but what do you want? I want to be a missionary in China. What do you want? Well, God had in his plans for her to be the wife of Billy Graham, and not only China would be saved, but the whole world. The whole world will be saved as she sacrificed and denied herself to begin to follow God's plan for her husband. And so we, we need to have the mind of the Lord in all these matters. Now, in biblical uh, expressions, we see that, that, that this is the way that God decided that he would be fruitfulness in. He would put a seed in the womb, a seed in the womb. That's where life begins. And so as we know this in the natural, and it is the occasion of much expectation, I have so many examples here with respect to um, the, the dilemma of, of these world leaders. The, the father of our faith, Abraham and Sarah, had issue as to whether they would have a child or not. And the, the, their whole life is this great dilemma to the, to the expectation that, that um, he would have a child. The Lord says that, that I will make of you a great nation. This was what he, pro he proclaimed over the life of Abraham. And he's like, hey, listen, how do you keep on talking about your great plans for me, seeing that I go without a child? And that the best I have is, is a servant, a slave that was born in my house. And, and that's the best expression I have of having a son. And so the Lord says, you know something, you just hold on here because I got, I, got, I got expectations here that I'm going to do with you, Abraham, and Sarah, your wife, who doesn't have a child. And so even in their old age, as God continued to say that they would birth a child, she laughed. She's like, you know, get, this is ridiculous. And so the word Isaac means laughter in the Hebrew language. So he says, you're going to name your kid laughter. Yeah, you laughed. You were making fun of what I had as a plan. But when this child is born, his name is going to be called laughter. And so uh, I, I want you to see the examples here. I, I've listed a, a, a great many of them. Of all these people that had issues in childbearing. And, and one of the greatest travesty, and get this if you can, try to capture this. Every physical expression upon the earth, every physical expression upon the earth is a spiritual reality that, that is in substance. So, so the natural expresses the spiritual in substance. When we talk about um, the, the abortion, if you guys understand what, what the, the numbers are, 
of, of, of children that are exterminated inside the womb. It's the greatest cause of death by far than any uh, accident, than any uh, infirmity, than any scenario that we know as humans, of wars, uh, uh, bombs that strike and all this stuff. The loss of life in the womb is, 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 is far surpassing anything we could express. And so inside that womb, God has defined the existence of purpose and incredible fruitfulness. We'll start on Genesis 1.28. God blessed them and said, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth, govern it, uh, take, sub make, subdue it, to have dominion. These are the expressions of these things born of God. So when we see that there's a, a huge amount of people killing the seed and the, and the child in the womb, we see a great loss of fulfillment of purpose. Um, another verse that we could read here in Genesis 49 verse 25 says that he is the God of blessing. He is the God that prospers us. He says, by the God of your father who will help you and the almighty will bless you with blessings from heaven above, blessing the very profound things, things that you don't see, blessing the breast and the womb, being, being, for, being able to bring forth. This thing was no, this, this was no secret with regards to what was birthed in 1998 on April 6th. This world-changing vision came out of my loins. And, and people are like, but well, what is going on? There's something, the Bible says, that you birth spiritual fruit. That none of us are to be uh, barren and sterile. None of us are to, to have a lack of fruitfulness in our existence. Deuteronomy 7.14, you shall be blessed above all people. There will not be amongst you a male or a female that is sterile. There will be none amongst you that will not give forth fruit. Verse 14. You shall be blessed above all peoples. The, the single most thing that should manifest and describe us is that there shall not be a male or a female barren among you. What's that mean? That God has as a course of existence in our lives to birth. Spring of life was birthed. What is a man movement was birthed. The, to, to be able to challenge the world are things that are born in the spirit. And so here I come from a family where my, my, great, my grandmother in Cuba, whenever there was a time where, where they were going to have a baby and they couldn't afford it and they were scared, they would go down and get an abortion. So, so that was very prominent in, in our family. The loss of life, the extermination of not having, not being able to bring things to fruitfulness. Um, so when, when I was uh, married, and, and, and this, is, this is powerful because I'm married and, and we're excited. I started a little bit late. Uh, I married Yvette when I was 20, some say 27, some say 25, um, I drew a blank right now, but when we got married, and I said, I'm going to wait a year, you know, because I just graduated from law school, and I'll wait a year, and then I'll have enough money in a year from now, and then we'll have our first kid. And the Lord says, come here. Next year, 
are you counting on me or are you going to count on you? I said, no, no, I'm counting on you. Then you have a baby now because I'm the one that's going to finance and support your child. And so I was excited. I told Yvette, I says, listen, we're not waiting a year. We're having a baby right away. And so we, uh, Nick come, comes along. Um, so here it goes. Within that first year, then we're going to have our second child. And I'm excited. And I'm, I'm going to my grandmother. I said, listen, we're going to have number two already. And my grandmother says, what? You guys think you're rabbits? You, you're having babies, all these babies. This is my second child. And she's already saying it's too many. And she, didn't, she, she had a, an opinion about it. And so when she found out about Brandon coming along, she was like, this woman's trying to control you. And, and I was like, poor Yvette, you know. Uh, she's, she's young. She's having babies. And then uh, grandma's still, uh, you know, not understanding the joy of the fruitfulness of the children that God was giving us. So that to be said, the Lord birthed these, these, the, the fruit of our loins and our womb to do great glorious things and so what we're talking about this if if you're if you're stuck on the natural i want you to break free to understand that god wants to birth things out of you in the spiritual that you would be fruitful and known by the things that come from your intimacy because um that that is the key to fertility there has to be, if, if I wasn't close to God, if, if, if I don't press into my relationship with the Lord, who cares about changing the world? Who cares about spring of life, a church? Who cares about other people? I, I received phone calls from family members saying, listen, don't waste your time starting a church because all that means is you're going to have a row of 500 families full of problems. So these things that we birth in the spiritual are not according to the flesh. I'm not a deadbeat on the side of the road needing some, I have a law degree, I have a successful practice, I'm, I'm, I'm being prosperous, but I'm birthing something in the spirit. Because of my intimacy with God, something is birthed that is supernatural. Something that, that from its inception, when I ask God, God, how will this be if I don't have money, if I don't know men of influence? And he says, I got your back, I'll take care of it, don't worry. We've never picked up one plate of money in this place. We've never passed a plate. Why? Because if God doesn't fill the coffers, I get to go back to law practice. That will be a great day for me. I was like, God, I'm not going to ask anybody for money. When Miguel Vidal got saved, he told his wife before he came here, listen, I'm going to go to that church, but the first time they ask for money, I'm going to get up and I'm going to leave. So he sat there for six months. And he runs into my office. He goes, hey, when are you going to ask for money? I said, you're going to rot in your chair, my friend. You're going to rot in your chair because God doesn't need your money. If I wasn't a Christian, I'd call him a scumbag. <laughs> but I said, listen, he goes, you have to. You guys do too many things, and that costs money. And so he, now he wants to get up here. The guy who didn't want to ask for money on the first day, now he wants to stand up here and make people give money. Make people give money. But the things that are birthed from God, nobody's taking care of your children. You are. And God takes care of things he births also. He says a man who doesn't provide for his own is worse than an unbeliever. How is God going to birth something and then not finance it? Are you crazy? You're insane. 
God gives breath and life and all things to all people. He doesn't need anything. He doesn't need anything from us. We need him. And so it's really powerful as we birth the things of God. He says, none of you are going to be barren. As I was thinking about this particular message, I'm saying, I, I, we got to be careful. We got to be careful that they're not expecting ministries in our midst. And we not be careful and we have a loss and a miscarriage in the spiritual realm. We, we got to be careful. Guys, you guys don't know what happened when this ministry was born. Everybody wanted to flush it down the toilet. Nobody wanted. When you, when you see a, a child come out of the womb, you either love it and nourish it and cherish it and call it your own, or you want to throw it in the dumpster down the street. And you consider it not worthy to keep, not worthy to take care of. So when the ministry was born, I said, listen. You guys might not think that this thing is alive, but you're going to look at it in the face in 20 years. And that was prophetic because they came April uh, when we were celebrating our 20th anniversary. They came and they saw the vibrancy and the reality of our ministry. And they said, he's alive. He's alive. He's alive. He's alive. I had the issue with one of the, my clients that came into my office. He was a world-class plastic surgeon, the best in the world. And he had, he had done plastic surgery on the faces of, of queens and movie stars and the top of the top. And he was prominent. And he got in a fight with his wife one night and crossed the street with his receptionist and had sex. One night, just for a couple of, of minutes or hours or whatever it was, and then he would not take care of that woman for the next 15 years. So 15 years later, he gets a lawsuit. He says, listen, this is a paternity lawsuit because 15 years ago, a boy was born. And he ran to me. He was nervous. He's like, I'm married. I have kids. What am I going to do? I said, brother, you're going to take a DNA test. And when you find out that 99.9% .9 is yours, you're a dad to that poor child who's a product of your lust because you did not want to raise up a son. You wanted to have a good time for a limited amount of time, and now there's a man out there, there's a 15-year-old that's never had the embrace and the kiss and the care of a father. And so it came back, and it was 99.9% .9 his. And so we went to court, and he had to meet his son for the first time and embrace it. But if, if we're going to ask God to be intentional about our fruitfulness, we need to find out what is the intimacy we're having with God? What is the, this thing that God is doing in our midst? Yeah, we have incredible moms in this place. We, 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 could, we could change the world just writing the stories of the moms God has given us at Spring of Life Fellowship. Just if we were just to, to do, just, just let them share their testimonies and, and how they're towing the line and how they're raising up champions. It, it's, it's far surpassing any bad news that this world has. And so we, we have that reality taking place in our midst. And, and, and that's my bragging rights in this world. My bragging rights are the incredible families and the women that God has given us. Wherever I go in the world, I talk about Daisy and Hector. A, a woman who was the number one student in her engineering class here at FIU. 
Everybody was, was studying with, with uh, Daisy. Everybody wanted her. Uh, when they did the job fairs, everybody wanted her to take the first place in the engineering rights of, of the largest companies with the largest pay. And she came into my office. And I said, Daisy, you could go. And then the world is waiting for you to be a great engineer. But your husband, Hector, needs a, a wise woman at home. She needs, she needs somebody that, that will birth the children at, at the house. And so with one big eye drop, this is a big tear. I've never seen a bigger tear come out of an eye. And she says, Pastor, I'm going to do what you say. I'm not going to go and chase what this world chases. I'm not going to be a power woman. I'm not going to be a she woman. I'm not going to hear anybody roar. I want to do the will of God. And so that, that is prominent in our midst. And, and the Bible says that in the days to come, she will be praised. For many women do well, but the one who fears of God, the one who lives her life in the purpose of God, she is to be greatly praised according to God's standard and measure. And so, you know, it's, 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 it's something that in our day and age, people do not understand. But I, I want our church uh, to, to bring forth, if, if in the natural, I, I, when, when my niece walks into my office today and I said, I, I heard you're expecting and she's like, deal, stop. And I, well, you got to expect. You got to expect. And I expect this church to be super fruitful. I expect us to be birthing children for the Lord and ministries and all sorts of. And, and we're going to pray today that there be no barrenness in this place. I declare in Jesus' name that we will be fruitful. We will have intimacy with God. We will birth things that will change the world. It'll be a super powerful thing. There's not going to be sterility in this house. Psalm 128 verse 1 says, How joyful are those who fear God, who follow his ways. You will enjoy the fruit of, and the reward of your labor. How prosperous and joyful you will be. You will eat the hands. It will be well with you. Verse 3. Your wife shall be a fruitful vine. In the very heart of your house, your children like olive plants all around your table. Verse 4. That is the Lord's blessing for those who fear him. Fruitfulness is the result of our fear of God. And, and in that regard, uh, a lot of people think that, that this is only to be had by women. But listen to what, what Paul says in Galatians 4.19. He says, my little children, I continue to suffer labor pains until Christ is formed in you. There's something in my gut that continues to hurt until Christ is formed in you. It, it, it was that expression of giving forth fruit in the purpose of God. The Bible says in Job 39 that, that there's a, this, this contrast between an ostrich and a horse. An ostrich is a foolish animal, according to the Bible, because in its pride, in it being proud, it flaps its wings and stomps on its own children. People that don't know how to birth the, the issue of things that God is giving birth are stomping at it. Verse 13, Job 39, 13. Look at the wings of an ostrich. How loud and proud her wings and pinion. Her wings are, they flap 
Verse 14, for she leaves her eggs on the ground and warms them in the dust. Verse 15, she forgets that a foot may crush them and that a wild beast may break them. Verse 16, she treats her young harshly, though they were not hers, as though they were not hers. Her labor is in vain, without concern, because God deprived her of wisdom and he did not endow her with understanding. When she lifts herself on high, she mocks at the horse and the rider. There, there's, there's, there's a relationship between ministry and fruitfulness that requires you to get off your high horse. For it requires you to quit being proud and lifting yourself up and walk in humility. We see all these women in the Bible that suffered the, the lack of, of birthing a child and, and, and one of the key elements was their pride. The, the biggest expression of them all is 1 Samuel chapter 1. The Bible talks about Hannah. And Hannah in her pride, uh, 1 Samuel 1-2 says, There was a man with two wives. The name of one was Hannah. The name of the other, Panina. Panina had children, but Hannah had no children. We have to ask God, God, what, what is the secret here in this passage? And if you continue to read the rest of this passage, um, the pride, the arrogance, the, the self-servingness, the attitudes that were in Hannah were super inappropriate. God could not birth in her children until there was brokenness in her life. At one point, there's evidence of that brokenness when she comes before the, the presence of the Lord and, and she's so broken that she's barely even moving her lips, but no words are coming out of her mouth because she's so overwhelmed by her grief and her sorrow to not have children. I, I, I wonder if, if, if we come before the Lord with the intensity of that sorrow that that's what it causes for us to birth children. Is, is, is God waiting for us? Look what it says there, uh, verse 15. 1 Samuel 1.15, Hannah answered and says, No, my Lord. Oh, let's go back a little bit. Let's go back to 13. Now Hannah spoke in her heart. Only her lips moved, but her voice was not heard. Therefore, when the high priest Eli thought she was drunk, Eli said to her, verse 14, how long will you be drunk and put, uh, put your wine away from you? She was being accused of being a drunkard by the pastor of that time. And, and she says, Lord, I'm not drunk as you suppose, verse 15. I don't have drink or wine or intoxicating drink, but I'm pouring out my soul before the Lord. I, I believe that if you want to birth something, you need to ask God, to allow you to carry it into existence through your brokenness. It's not that I'm drunk, she says, but I'm pouring my life out before the Lord. Verse 16, do not consider your maidservant a wicked woman. For out of the abundance of my complaint and grief, I have spoken until now. I, I'm, I'm putting away my tantrums, she's saying. I'm coming now broken before the Lord. Verse 17, then Eli answered, go in peace, and the God of Israel grant you the petition that you have asked him. Let God give you what you're asking of him. And the Bible says there that a year from that time, 
It came to, here it is, um, verse 20. So it came to pass in the process of time that Hannah conceived and bore a son and called his name Samuel, saying, because I have asked him from the Lord. What are you asking God for? If you're asking God for natural things, that'll be the extent of your reward. If you're asking God to change the world, he's going to birth in you a supernatural move of God that's going to bless the nations. It's going to be a blessing to all peoples in all places. These women that had issues of child, they had issues in childbearing, uh, God would bring forth the sons that would change the world. The fruit of their, of, of their womb. In uh, Revelations chapter 12, we see that the devil is concerned about that which is in the womb. You know he's not omnipresent. You know he's not at all places at all times because he doesn't have that faculty. But the Bible says in Revelations 12 that verse 5. Let's go up to verse 4. Talking about the devil, he drew a third of the stars of the heavens and threw them to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman. What is his focus? Uh, This woman was ready to give birth and he wanted to devour the child as soon as it was born. The devil does not want us to birth things for God. And he'll give you a thousand ideas of how to make money, how to start a business, how to start enterprises. People are telling me to get into politics. People are telling me uh, you should do this, you should do that. I, I want to continue to, to have the expectation of God birthing something supernatural that will change the world. And, and, and people say, well, you're too old for that now. It's not. The time has passed. And the Lord laughs. The Lord laughs like Abraham and, and uh, Sarah. We read this verse here uh, in, in Hebrews. Let's go ahead and read that very quickly. In the book of Hebrews, the Bible says that uh, chapter 11, uh, verse 11, By faith even Sarah herself received the ability to conceive. She received strength to conceive a seed to bore a child when she was past the age because she judged God faithful who had promised. There's, there's things that the devil has caused you to believe that it's too late, that it's over, that it's not going to happen. There's going to be, I'm going to say like Gomer Pyle, surprise, surprise, surprise. There's going to be things that you're going to freak out when you start seeing God use you. Verse 12. Abraham also, therefore from one man... And him as good as dead. There was nothing in happening there. Were born as many as the stars of the sky in the multitude that's innumerable. The sands which is by the seashore. God has plans that are not according to our plans. God has, has incredible expectation. Paul was talking in 1 Thessalonians 2.7. He uses the illustration I breastfed you guys how does a man breastfeed I I took care of you like a nursing mother Jesus says as chicks that I wanted to take you under my wings he the motherly attributes of birthing and taking care of things to fruitfulness could you stand with me today and ask God to open your womb 
to not continue to be barren and sterile, to not continue to mourn and to sorrow and to grieve. There, there are elements of rejoicing, of great expectation that God's going to move in our midst. And, and I was praying this week as, as I was preparing for today's message that the Lord be the one that opens the womb in this house. There's people with incredible expectations to see the life of God be born through you. I don't, I don't think there's anything greater than to see God come and have intimacy with you and you move with God and you birth things that, that, that have God's DNA. The earth needs it. The earth needs for the sons of God. There, there's a verse here that I have that it says, the whole earth travails. Right there, Romans 8.22. We know that the whole creation groans with labor pains. Groans with labors of birth pangs together until now. Because people want to see things birthed by God. How do they happen? Intimacy with God. Fruit of God. The cherishing, the, 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 the sacrificing. <laughs> I just saw Anita this week. I was praying for Anita. This will be her number fifth child. You know what birthing five child does to your natural body? It, it just distorts it in every which way and direction because that thing has to come out. And so a lot of you guys want to be fruitful, but you don't want to give your lives. You don't want to volunteer your bodies. Let me tell you something. When you birth something from God, you're going to have stretch marks. You're, you're going to see your body going out of whack. It's not going to be uh, you serving yourself. It's, it's going to put a little dinker on your schedule. A lot of people think that having a child is going out to the local baby's whatever and buying a crib and, and buying a nani. And then when that, that child starts going through infirmities and sickness and nights without sleep. This, this one woman that was in our ministry years ago, she spent 65 days looking into that crib watching her son die. Because being a mother is not about curtains and furniture and, and quilts and pillows. And that's all pretty and that's all dandy. But we want the mothers that sit there and give their lives for the things that they birth. It's really powerful to see Sarah. She's having this great expectation and she sees Isaac come on the scene. Before he comes on the scene, they actually go into a village in Genesis chapter 20 verse 17. And the, the guy there, Abimelech, who is the town leader and his wife and all his female servants... Um, they could not bear any children. And here a man who's waiting on his own fertility, on his own God to move his own child, he prays for people that have these needs. And God healed Abimelech, his wife, and his female servants, and they begin to bear children. We're proponents of life in this place. We have to go, even while we're waiting God to birth things out of us, we need to start proclaiming life in other people's and, and, and the expectation that people have to birth the things of God that he planned from before the foundations of the earth. I love this verse. Verse 18. For the Lord had closed up all the wombs of the house of Abimelech because of Sarah, Abraham's wife. There were consequences going on in that village because they had taken Sarah. Then years later... Isaac would be born and they would father this child.
Genesis chapter 30, verse 1, when Rachel saw that she conceived no children for Jacob, she envied her sister and said to Jacob, give me offspring or else I die. I have no reason to live if I don't give you the fruit of the womb. In verse 2, it says, Jacob became furious with Rachel and says, who am I? Am I God? He's the one that's withholding the fruit of your womb. He's the, this all comes from him. This is not me. If you read that chapter 20 verses later, this would be 20 years later too. It says that God remembered the prayers of Rachel. Verse 22. They're struggling about having offspring and God remembered Rachel and God listened to her and opened her womb. While this world stands to tell children that they're not welcome in this world and that they're not welcomed because it's too great a sacrifice and too great an expense and too great a finance, I declare fruitfulness in this house, not only, not only in the physical realm, not only in the physical realm, but also in the spiritual realm. Father, I thank you for this day that you have made, Lord. And Lord, while the whole world celebrates mothers, Father God, I pray, Father God, that we would birth those things that are eternal. That our children would be instruments of God's, in God's hand to fulfill his purpose upon the earth. Holy Spirit, you're the one that's to reveal to us the heart of God in this season. We pray that you would be Lord. That what happened to Mary would also be a reality in our lives as she was overshadowed by the Holy Spirit and conceived to bore the Lamb of God, the Word of God, made flesh. Allow us to move with God in the direction of God, in the heart of God. That our children might honor Father God, your legacy to fill the earth with your glory, Lord. We pray, Father God, that every dart of the enemy, Father God, would be canceled. Every word spoken, canceled. I'm going to ask all the women in this place to raise your hand. Father, I pray in Jesus' name for fruitfulness. That no one would be sterile. That no one would be barren. That everyone would be fruitful. I'm going to ask all the men to raise your hand. Father, you want to birth through these men. In their loins, oh God, the fruit of ministry that will change the world. Give them a zeal, Father God. A care to watch over these manners, oh God. Like Samson's father, Manoah, who wanted to understand how he would bring forth a son. And what were the boundaries and the limits of blessings of God. Way before Samson came on the scene, there was a father who desired fruitfulness from a barren womb, O oh God, and that you move mightily over this house, O oh God, and give men and women and families prominence in ministry, O oh God, fruitfulness in ministry, that they would birth those things that will never die, O oh God, not, not, not only flesh, Father God, but the ministries open the womb in this house, O oh God. Let the children come forth in Jesus' name. Let them take the land and be powerful and mighty. Let them fill the earth with songs of joy and deliverance and redemption, O oh God. Give us a passion in this house, Father God, to see 
your hand multiply in the expression of your goodness. Let us flourish, O oh God, according to your design and plan. Give us wisdom for these matters. In Jesus' name we pray, and the house of God says, amen, amen, and amen. <laughs> Greet one another in the love of the Lord, and celebrate mom big. Make sure she's the most beautiful expression of joy in this city. God bless you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.